in the world is trying? You call yourself a fan? Sorry, I was good. And you just named my precious boy Charlie? Sorry, I was getting Charles Beckendorf and D'Angelo mixed up in my head. Disgraceful. I know. Good. Okay. Hello, our beautiful audience. My name is Stephen Ivan. <laughs> and I'm Ankit Nadira. <laughs> and welcome to Flip the Scripts. Welcome back. We are back talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. I did look it up. I do think it does have the whole title. I know last episode we said that it didn't, but I'm pretty sure it does have technically the whole title to it. I swear it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, you're the one with the phone today, so you want to look it up real quick? Sure. Well, uh, I explained to the lovely people what we're doing. So anyway, what we're going to do while Steven looks this up is we're just going to continue going on through the film and we are going to finish going through it, the differences between the book and the film. Obviously, we are talking about the film. I know that a lot of people might be thinking that we are talking about the TV show that is coming out currently as these episodes are also coming live. We are not currently talking about the TV show. If you want to hear our thoughts on the episodes as they come out, it'll either be in video form or audio form, but you can go over to our Patreon and you can get an idea of what we think as the show's coming out, but we'll do like a bonus episode a bit later after the whole season is out. Did you find things, Stephen? Yeah, so while the book is called Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, the movie is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians, colon, the Lightning Thief. Okay, so we weren't completely wrong. We just forgot that it had and the Olympians. Yeah, but also not the title of the book. I understand, like, Percy Jackson and the Olympians is, like, the the series. And so I think my comment from last week, which you can watch now on our Spotify and other places where we post our content. Yeah. Spotify, if you want to listen to just audio only, or YouTube, if you'd like to watch the video. I think we're entertaining in both senses. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think so. It's also, like, really nice when you guys engage and, like, you know, send us a message or, you know comment on the video because it makes us feel like we're not just talking to a void so like thanks help the void become full <laughs> um <laughs> but but like i think my comment still stands where like by reading the title you feel like percy's the lightning thief like there's no oh like, yeah there's no like and the lightning thief where like in the book's title i'm like ah yes percy jackson not the lightning thief i get it I'm on board with this. Speaking of Percy, what's he up to? Ah, so here we are. We're going back into the halfway point of the book. So, and the film. So, in the film, uh, we just finished Capture the Flag. No, no, no. We just finished whatever game that was. I refuse to call it Capture the Flag. We were finished Chris Columbus's version <laughs> of Capture the Flag, which is actually quite sad. It's um, if you want to hear my rant on it, go watch the last episode. Yeah. It's towards the end of it. Of course. <laughs> um, and so uh, they go to dinner, which is our, our first dinner scene in the film. Of course, in the book, comparing already, uh, Percy's been there for a week and a half. This is his first day in the film. Yeah. So we, unlike, I think, if I had to compare it to, like, Harry Potter, where, like, it felt like going to Hogwarts was such a magic thing, and, like, we ended up in Hogwarts, and it was like... 
And now we're in Hogwarts. All of our action will take place in Hogwarts. It feels like the camp, which was already cramped. We already complained about the camp. Yeah, we already yeah. complained about the structure. Was like, okay, we're going to be at it for like an hour and film all the scenes and then go away. It literally felt like they spent maybe three days in that location. In that location. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, it, it sucks because you don't really get to see Percy grow and, like, get friends or, like, connect to Luke or connect to Annabeth. Or, or connect, connect to, to Grover. Grover. <laughs> like, it just feels like, uh, again, our main character is kind of a Mary Sue. I know men don't usually get called that, but it feels like in the film he's kind of like a Mary Sue where it's like, ah, yes, he's just being taken on for the narrative's sake. Who's Mary Sue? It's a whole thing about, like, when a character is, like, a character's, like, taken on a journey. It doesn't really make sense for the whole movie. But, like, we accept it. Mary Sue. Okay. It was a big complaint about, like, Rey Skywalker and the Star Wars franchise. Uh, let me not cause a uh, inflammatory war in the comments, though, because a lot of people do not like that character. Y- yeah. Also, we're not talking about Star Wars. No, but, like. Okay. We could. One day. Maybe. But adaptation I don't think it's an Wars adaptation. Yeah, it is. Star Wars has a bunch of books. I do own a couple of them. But, like, what's been actually, like, translated from book to screen is very interesting. I'm also not sure how the books relate into any way, shape, or form into the Star Wars universe. I for think the books, the books that are I written have. after the films because, you know, George created Star Wars. But let's get back to Percy Jackson. Right, Percy Jackson. So, uh, <sighs> Percy, uh, unlike in the book, where right after Captain the Flag and the Hellhound, because everyone stopped for that. By the way, Hellhound's not in the film for some weird reason. Um, Percy gets told by Mr. Brunner, hey, you got to go talk to this thing upstairs uh, above the house, which happens to be the Oracle. Uh, now, for those who don't. For those who know Greek mythology, the Oracle of Delphi, very, very, very important because it, guess what? It gives us prophecies that we have to follow. And when a hero goes on a journey, they get a prophecy from the Oracle of Delphi. And, I mean, if you know Oedipus Rex or anything like that, literally mentioned in all of Greek mythology. Woo! So, the film ignores it. Um, (laughs) So, uh, we end up uh, having dinner uh, a couple of the campers come to Percy and they're like, oh, wow, you did such a good job. A couple of female campers. And Percy's like, hi, I'm Logan Lerman. Uh, <laughs> and like, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, I've seen Logan Lerman in a lot of films. It's hard to see him as like the nerdy character where you, where like actually he doesn't – like sometimes he pulls it off. But I don't know if he pulls off like nerdy or like the – Again, he did his best with what he was given. True. Um <laughs> So like he's at the he's he's they're all eating dinner and like no one mentions that you have to like scrape your food into the fire to be for the gods like there's a lot of like missing from that scene um and then all of a sudden uh Hades pops up from the fire because you know a god of the underworld can walk right into camp also like for some reason Hades has deemed that Percy is important enough for his physical presence or like his embodiment in like you know his devil form with the wings and everything which which, which is, is excessive and not needed also rick spent like countless hours making sure that the underworld and hades isn't a representation of the devil and Satan from christian mythology yeah um, uh, and that then, got thrown out the window the in about was two like, seconds the film was like oh we watched hercules once 
Yeah. I don't even know if they watched Hercules. Because if they watched Hercules, they would have understood that Hades isn't the devil. Hades is Hades. Yeah. So uh, this huge satanic devil thing pops out of the fire. And it's like, goes to Percy like, where is the bolt? And instantly you're like, okay. He don't cool. have it. Now, the thing about this scene already makes me already makes me scared because i'm like um no one knew percy had a bolt and the only reason hades was after percy was because hades had something stolen but again that wasn't mentioned oh yeah um so yeah he's like where's the bolt and light something on fire uh now in the book talia's tree uh for those who don't know there's this tree on half-blood hill that protects the protects the camp in the first book uh, and prevents outside monsters and other things from getting into the camp. The, for a god to enter camp, usually they have to get permission. But Unless you're Mr. D. Yeah, I mean, I know Hermes comes in in like the second book. We're not there yet. But like at the time, the barrier was being destroyed. So we could probably... Talk, well, no, gods can come into camp because, like, Apollo's shown up occasionally, Artemis comes in occasionally. Yeah. So, like, gods can show up, but, like, Hades doesn't. Yeah, I would also say Hades has, like, an army of minions, minions of dead people he can send, and he just doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, so pretty much what happens is that, you know, Hades shows up. He's like, where's the bolt? And no one knows what's going on. And then he reveals that he actually does have Percy's mother and that she's not dead. She's just trapped in the underworld. And if Percy wants to save her, he needs to come to the underworld. Because, you know, Percy can't have that hope for himself. And that leads his objective in the whole book. But in the film, he has to be told everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Percy doesn't get to have character development. What's that? <laughs> um, and so he goes to Mr. Brown and he's like, I have to go to the underworld to rescue my mom. And Chiron's like, no. And unlike in the book where Chiron actually sends him on a quest, <laughs> uh, it's only important if Percy, Annabeth, and Grover leave camp together and go on a quest. Yeah. Also, like in the book, you're not allowed to leave camp without having been given a quest. Exactly. In the movie, pretty much what's about to happen is that they just leave. They just run. But before they run, so Percy kind of like makes up this decision. Grover being a good friend is like, all right, like I know where you're going. I'm coming with you. And Annabeth is also like, I'm coming with you. And Percy's like, why? You've never liked me in the one day that we've known each other in this film. Not even one day, half a day. Half a day. <laughs> um and she's just like, no, I'm coming with you. It's my only chance to leave camp. But that's not explained. I'm like, all you do is walk out. Like, it's not explained that, like, you need a quest to be able to leave camp. Like, otherwise, you're not allowed to leave camp. Like, there are rules set in place. None of this is explained. Anyway, so they're like, all right, we need to go. And then Grover does ask the very important question, Percy, do you know where you're going? And Percy, of course, doesn't. So they go to Luke, uh, which is a weird person to go to to get <laughs> advice for, like, where to go. So Luke is like, oh, the underworld is in Hollywood, which, you know, that's true to the book. It is in DOA records, but that's not where it is in the film. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Luke is like, you have to get these um, marbles or uh, little 
You have to get Persephone's pearls. pearls or stones. I think they were called pearls in the. They're pearls. I think yeah. they're pearls in the movie. Yeah. But you have to get Persephone's pearls, and it's what Persephone apparently uses to then uh, sneak lovers in and out of the underworld. Yeah. So, like, cool. Fine. You're telling me Persephone, a goddess, has only hidden three of these pearls across the entire United States. I would also like to point out that in the book, Percy didn't need pearls to go to the underworld. He was just cool and badass. He just went. Yeah. Per In the book, all the shenanigans that happen in the book happen because they're just trying to get to California. And I think this is where the book and the movie have an argument. Now, some people might say, oh, isn't it really good that the movie gave the characters, like, a reason to go places and things happen because they went there and all that stuff. I would say, uh, no, the, what Rick is doing in the book is he's comparing it to things like the Odyssey and the Iliad, where you have heroes and Greek heroes are constantly running into monsters and problems because that's how Greek mythology works. <laughs> Rick understands this. Uh, Rick accepted this. Columbus and uh, I hate you. Uh, what's his name? The writer. I don't know. We don't even need to mention him again. Is it Thule or something like sure. that? Sure, we'll call him Thule. Uh, I completely forgotten. I guy who wrote live action Scooby Doo didn't understand. Uh, I think his first name was Craig. Yeah, Craig Titley. Craig Titley. There we go. Yeah, Titley did not understand <laughs> that apparently because you know not the smartest guy in the shed. Only wrote children's stuff before, so he was trying to dumb it down. Uh, but when he was dumbing it down, he made it dumber for everyone. Um, Again, I think the big issue was that you tried to make 12-year-olds be 18-year-olds. So Luke has, like, a TV screen in his, like, hut, which, like, let's not talk about the problems with electricity at Camp Half-Blood. We can spend an hour yeah, on that. Yeah, um, Luke doesn't just have a TV screen. Luke has one of, like... A streaming setup like he has like a very good quality streaming setup mm. and then when they walk into his cabin he says a line welcome to the 21st century i'm sorry were we in a different century before this like it's still the 21st century you just have technology which technically shouldn't be working in camp but again that's a very very deep rabbit hole that like we shouldn't get into but very quickly pretty much half-bloods can't use electronics because and like cell phones because they attract monsters so, uh, yeah, Luke gives them a map because, you know, they need a map uh, to find all the pearls. And then also he gives Percy uh, flying shoes that he says is from his father, Hermes. Um, and, you know, this is supposed to be our establishing Percy and Luke are friends. Yay. Yay. Um, they're friends. We have to show them as friends before they fight to the death. Yeah, because uh, apparently for some reason we care about this friendship when all Luke has really done is I'll take him and then sent him to potential death. And then uh, <laughs> and then after that, he's like, oh, yeah, I have a map and here are some shoes, which the shoes in the book, Percy can't use the shoes because Percy can't fly because Zeus doesn't like kids at Poseidon. So that's why Percy's never been on a plane. Like, he's never flown uh -huh. because that's Zeus's realm. It just doesn't work. They don't mesh. It's not good. So he gifts the shoes to Grover. 
this doesn't happen in the film because apparently Percy can fly now in the film and Zeus doesn't care. Yeah. So here we are. We're going on our quest. So the first place we stop at after we've gotten the shoes and Percy's like, yeah, cool. I can fly now uh, because that makes sense. Uh, we end up in Auntie M's Emporium. Which I will say this is similar to the book. How they get themselves there is different. But we've we've gotten there. Yeah. That's the same in the book. In the book, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover take a bus. They blow up the bus, and they end up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the movie, they just drive there. Fine. I'm not super upset. Like, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to see them blow up they a don't bus. Even, they don't even drive there. It just, I think the, it just, like, the, the camera just zooms into the Antiems Emporium, and they just end up there on the map. Oh, yeah. Honestly, though, not a bad transition. No, to save I mean, time, to not save a bad time, transition. I, I missed the blowing up the bus scene, but fine. I digress. I, I, again, it would have been fun to see them blow up a bus. Especially a Greyhound. I mean, come on. Yes. Um, what a good... What I can't wait to see that in the Percy Jackson TV series. It's going to be so good. Oh, that should be happening probably on the episode that's coming out this Wednesday. No, episode... It should be like episode five. No? Blowing up the bus, buddy? They don't blow up the bus until halfway through the book. Okay, maybe I feel like they should blow up the bus around, like, episode four, maybe. Okay. Maybe three or four, so maybe next week. We'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see. Again, yeah. if you want to hear our thoughts on what's going on, <laughs> sign up for our Patreon. We're really excited for the TV show. Yeah, if you can't tell, like, uh, I cannot wait for we're this g- show. We're going to be recording little mini episodes about the episodes while yeah, it yeah. comes out. Some, um, of them, some of them might be video, some of them might be audio. It depends on what we have access to in terms of recording at the time. Life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, we end up in Auntie M's Emporium, which is like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, Uma Thurman plays uh, Auntie M, which happens to be great casting. Medusa. Um, I don't like Uma Thurman. Really? Like, okay. I was going to say there are two castings in this film that I do not mind. So like, I love Uma Thurman in like Pulp Fiction. Sure. And I feel like that was her last, like, great role. Because okay. every time I've seen her now, like, okay, before I saw her in this, last time I saw her was probably in Batman and Robin, which she was in Poison Ivy. The worst, 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 worst. Is that the one with the nipples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Bat cool, cool, nipples, cool. Clooney, yeah. Clooney. Yeah, Clooney's Batman. Great, 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 Yeah, great, yeah, great. Bat credit card and everything. Like, yeah, 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 What the fuck? Anyway, Uma uh, Thurman. Sorry, language. What the hell? <laughs> um, we try not to swear. It slips out every now and then. Get cur- we don't want to get cursed by YouTube demonetization. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, Uma Thurman, I think she's just, she's such a campy actor. Now, I mean, when it comes to like, I think things like this, she went full camp. I agree. She didn't do a bad. I just don't like her design, maybe. I feel like she doesn't look like the Gorgon Medusa. I feel like she's just very like, ah, oh, yes, snake hair. There was none of the other ailments. That yeah, like- I think I think the issue because I think she did a good job. Again, the script didn't help her. Costume was bad. The costume department didn't help. Her. I think I think it was more the costume and the makeup on that end Mm. of why it felt off. But I felt like the casting they got right. Like Uma Thurman was a good choice to play. There are only two castings where I'm like, those were good choices to play the person that you wanted them to play. Other than like maybe some of the small side characters. Who were you too? Uh, Smelly Gabe. Oh yeah. He's good. Smelly Gabe who knocks it out of the park. Best casting in the whole film. He read the book. He understood the assignment. He delivered the assignment. Uma Thurman. 
Uma Thurman was number two. Pierce Brosnan. Again, did fine. I don't feel like we got to see enough of him to really care. Care. Yeah. Whereas, like, Uma Thurman, at least we get this fun action scene and stuff. Yeah. So, like, we got to see a bit more. We got to see a bit more of the villainy. So, pretty much what happens in the Emporium is they need to find this pearl. And they're like, okay, let's split up. And there are all these statues all around the Emporium. And they're going around and they're looking and Grover comes across a statue of a satyr. And he's like, oh, this looks like my Uncle Ferdinand. It is my Uncle Ferdinand. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just, Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that, you know, for surprisingly, book accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we go into this burst of action where now Percy and Annabeth, you know, Annabeth, we find this random couple in the film. Who uh, doesn't exist, but again, like... Because didn't. we need to see Uma Thurman's powers, I guess. I think, like, it's weird to be like, oh, we need to see Medusa's powers to understand how scary she is. Where I'm like, I think the most of the peep audience watching know who Medusa is. Yeah. I think we know. You look at her eyes, you turn to stone. I feel like that's such a common thing to know. Again, like, it's one of those things where, in the last episode, we were saying, if you say Zeus... Most people know who you're talking about. If you say Poseidon, most people know who you're talking about. They might not know everything. Of I course. feel like it's a similar thing. If you say Medusa, most people will be able to put together like, oh, it's from Greek mythology. Exactly. They might not know necessarily what Medusa does or all of that. But like they, it's one of those iconic names from Greek mythology. I mean, and you could have literally given a line to like somebody being like, don't look at her eyes. You'll turn to stone. I think they gave that line. Yeah, to Annabeth. after we saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we've already seen... Now you're showing and telling? Okay, get your movie right. Um, <laughs> pick one. Pick a lane and stay in it. If you just need to tell people something the whole time, just tell us the whole time. If you want to show us so then we can interpret it, let us see it. Pick one. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Annabeth Grover get kind of like, you know, they're scared. Da, da, da. Percy's getting chased by Medusa because she's like, oh, I knew your, uh, well, I knew your father once. Uh, the relationship isn't really talked about a lot in the, it's talked more about in the book, you know, because in Greek mythology, Medusa beside it had a thing. Um, and Annabeth's mother is one of the reasons why she's Medusa, is the reason why she's Medusa. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, but Percy decides to pull out his trusty phone. Again, not bark accurate because you can't pull out your phone. It wasn't a phone. No, it was an iPhone. It was a, it was the original iPhone. I thought it was an iPod Touch. No, it's the original iPhone. Okay. Like it like the original iPhone looks like an iPod Touch. Cool. From back then. Like I don't use iPhones. No, but like I remember that phone cuz I didn't have one, but all my friends had one and I was like jealous cuz I had like a Samsung back in the day. I had a slide phone. Oh, I had a slide phone too. Dude, that was, that was great until Dude, that, until it broke. Oh, oh. When, when I was 13 though, I had a flip phone. Okay, so my sister got a phone when she turned 16. Oh, nice. And, and you were like, I want a phone. Well, no, 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 no. Because I was, when she turned 16, I was 12. Oh, fair. So like, I didn't get one. Um, And then I ended up getting a phone when i was 13 and or i was 11 i think when she got her phone wow. and then i got a phone when i was 13 ab 
about to turn 14, like a couple months before I turned 14. And my sister was so mad. Like she was so upset that I got a phone two years before she did. And my parents looked at her and they go, the only reason he's getting this phone is because he's cycling to school and we just need to make sure that he gets there safely. <laughs> and half the time I would forget my phone at home anyway, so I'd just go to the office and then call my house and be like, hi, mom, I'm at school, bye. And then like, yeah, like that was the only reason that I had a phone was just because I was going to cycle to school. <laughs> yeah, so my dad gave me like an old flip phone when I was like 13. So I was in like, I was in like my eighth grade as well and my dad just gave me his old flip phone i was like cool i was just happy to have a phone i could call my mom in case of an emergency like literally that's yeah. all uh but then i miss simpler times my, simpler times my brother had a motorola razor Ooh, yeah those were cool those were nice for those who don't remember the razors were like i think i had we had one that was called like a pebble it was like a motorola pebble and it literally looked like a little green pebble oh it was so cute do you remember the t-mobile sidekick like it was like a little like, like it was like a stick phone. It was like whoop boop, whoop boop. No, it felt like at a point we were making phones smaller and smaller and smaller, and then iPhones started going bigger and bigger and <laughs> bigger. And now, and now we have like the biggest phones in the world. Again. We have a phone that's bigger than my face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, also you could call people on i on an iPad, I believe. So yeah, like, but that's not a phone, so I won't count that. But like. I also love how Samsung now is like, hey, we made a smartphone, and guess what? It can flip. And I'm like, so pretty much you've just taken the technology from 25 years ago and implemented it into a smartphone? Okay. I will say I've seen it. It's actually really dope. I will say, yeah, because I went to the Samsung store yesterday because I was bored. <laughs> it, it is dope. Like, it is it really fun cool. to use. I'm an iPhone forever kind of person, but like... The... I don't like iPhones. Yeah, I know. But blue text messages, man. Um, <laughs> Let's go back to Percy G. Anyway, Percy Jackson. So iPhone product placement number one. <laughs> uh, Apple product placement. So he like uses the iPhone as a mirror so he can see her, which is like you know callback to um, remember uh, Clash of the Titans, which had Medusa in it. Um, sure. It's a film. Oh uh, okay. It's an old film. They remade it like in two thousand six or something. Uh, and then, <laughs> like, like you just assumed I haven't seen it. Uh well. We're going to get more to talk about Clash of the Titans in a second. Why? So, Grover and Annabeth, uh, GTA a car, uh, <laughs> and, uh, GTA a truck, and they, like, run into Uber Thurman with a truck, and I'm just like, all right, that's one way to kill her. Uh, <laughs> she's not dead. She's not dead. So, uh, Percy does the thing that everyone's like, ah, okay, Clash of the Titans. So, he chops off her head. Uh, and then, you know, in the book, Percy, after he chops off her head mails her head to Olympus to the gods because he's like F you man he's, basically <laughs> like, he's he's like say to the gods I'm Percy Jackson I'm here to stay and that was like you know obviously showing the endearing side of Percy uh, and like why we love him so much as a character hey he just thought the gods don't necessarily get gifts all the time I should deliver something fresh yeah very fresh <laughs> uh, but in the movie they decided they take to take the, the head uh so hilarity can happen um uh, so i'll get to why clash of the titans in a later scene but like cool pretty much they find the pearl it was on medusa's like bracelet yeah and then they move on overall 
fairly accurate scene to the book. So I think the not tr- the worst that we've seen. I think the truck that they did belonged to the old couple. Oh, a hundred percent. That's my headcanon. So so they take the truck uh, to to the next place, and uh, the old couple's dead. So no one's gonna report it missing. So so now we're going to uh, Texas. Uh, and no, we're not. We're going to Tennessee. Oh, that's right. We're going to Nashville. We're Sorry. going to Nashville. Which, like, of course, because we, we want to see the Parthenon. Now, uh, <laughs> I don't care for this change. I like the fact that in the book, the next place we kind of end up, at least in the main place we end up next is, is the... Um, St. Louis Arch. St. Louis Arch, which is, like, to me... One of the coolest locations in America. I've driven through it. Like, it was an awe sight to see. I think, like, what a cool location to shoot in. What a cool location it would have been to see on screen. Right? But we go to something that's not in the book for the sake of, ah, Greek buildings. But, like, in the book, they literally explain that all the buildings in America are Greek because we're inspired by the Greeks in our architecture because that's Annabeth's dream and she talks about it <laughs> literally in the first book. Multiple times Multiple in the first times. book. Yeah, um, Annabeth in the movie, and we'll just say this now. Again, character arc and character development is not something that exists in these films, but... In the movie, Annabeth is just there to make sex eyes at Percy. Yeah. And it's disturbing. So uh, they go to the Parthenon uh, <laughs> and they see the, uh, you know. Pearl. They see the pearl in Athena's uh, headdress. And they're like, ah, it's during the day. We can't get that. We'll come back at night. So they go to a. Uh, no, they hide in the toilet. Oh, yeah, that's right. They hide in a toilet. Um, and they come out at night. They come out at night. There are a few, there are five security, not security officers. There are five janitors who are there cleaning up, you know, as the lovely people who work as janitors do. And so they shoot them. Yeah. (laughs) With sleep darts. (laughs) They shoot them with sleep darts. Four out of the five. Fair. One of them was on a ladder. And he got shot, and then I'm pretty sure, like, his head landed on the base of the Athena statue. That man dead. Yeah. That man is gone. Like, Percy Jackson, Annabeth Trace, Grover Underfield, arrested for murder. It's Underwood. Underwood, sorry. How dare you disrespect our lovely goat boy. Sorry. Grover Underwood, arrested for murder in the first degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least in the film. Probably. I think Annabeth technically shot the arrow, so like Okay. She gets the second. No first degree's worse. I don't know, dude. <sighs> he doesn't watch enough crime shows, everyone. I one of my one of my favorite TV shows of all time is a crime show. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just not about murder most of the time. Okay. <laughs> Fine. It's about high art forgery. Oh, white collar. Yeah. Oh, very good show. <laughs> Incredibly good show. Yeah, actually, not a bad show. <laughs> I just watch it. Like, I, it's a really, really good show. Yeah. It's just it usually there's it's about art forgery and not murder. So uh, every now and again, murder pops in. 
Yeah. So uh, here we are in uh, the Parthenon, uh, and all these guys are just passed out, and they just move all the bodies because, you know, they're dead. Um, and then uh, Percy's like, oh, I got to get the, the thing, so I'm going to put So they call Luke. And, and Luke's like, hey, activate the flying shoes. Yeah, which isn't a thing. In the book, all you have to do is, like, what? Say a word or yeah, tap your feet or something? It's a Greek word. Yeah, something like that, and, like, you can fly. And in the film, he's like, nah, he needs to have, like, a running head start like a jet on a runway. And we were like, okay. So he goes to the end of the Parthenon. And think happy thoughts. Oh, right. Think happy thoughts because apparently if you're sad, you can't fly. That's not how flight works. Somebody got the Peter Pan script mixed in with the Percy Jackson Ah, script. Okay, okay. That's what happened. So pretty much Percy takes the running start. He goes, he flies up. He gets the pearl. He gets back down. Yay, we're all happy. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, wait, the janitors aren't dead? Yeah, so all five janitors show up, and then they transform into the Hydra. Who isn't in the first book. They show up later. Like, the Hydra shows up later in the series. I won't say where, because I don't want to ruin it for anyone if they haven't read the series and they want to read the series. But the Hydra does show up, but not in the first book. And which is very proven by the point. But this is, like, where I'm, like, the movie wanted to copy Clash of the Titans. This is why. In Clash of the Titans, Perseus uh, fights the Hydra. And you know how he defeats the Hydra? With Medusa's head. Oh. So, yeah, pretty much this fight. They keep going. Perseus like, ha-ha, I can do this. He chops off the head. For anyone that doesn't know, if a Hydra head is chopped off, two more grow in its place. Even Disney got that right. Just want to say that. I will say they did get that part right. So, like, at least they got that part right and weren't just like, nah, he chops off the head and it's okay. But honestly, at this point, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did say that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Percy clashes the Titans, the, the clash of the Titans with Medusa's head. Uh, and, uh, and Annabeth is like, oh my gosh, you're so great. I love you. Yay. Yay. Uh, and then we go to a hotel. Um, and, uh, Percy's in a pool, Percy's in a pool, uh, and Annabeth has some injury on her arm from the, um, from the Hydra and he uses water to heal her and they just make sex eyes at each other, you know, cause we really needed that scene in this, <laughs> in this movie. Totally. And then Grover calls from the hotel room and says, Hey, Percy, uh, Annabeth, you better get in here. Which I will say, this is a fun trope that I just absolutely love, but it's that whenever you turn on the TV, you're watching important things happen that are, like, plot relevant, and it's a funny trope that I just enjoy. Like, I don't hate it, because it's a way to, like, tell the story, right, and keep the story moving. Fine. But I do definitely laugh at it when I'm like, well, that was convenient, but also in this one... I would believe that for Grover, at least, like, the news may have been on in the background. And then, like, you know, he saw the news, may have hit pause if, like, the TV had the capability to pause. And then called Percy in. So, like, I'm not upset that this one is there. But, like, it's just a funny trope that, like, you do see fairly often. I I thought the trope that you were going to talk about was not that trope. Oh, which trope? I thought the trope was going to be the best friend who comes in and cock blocks the main character. Yeah, but, like... Which I think happens way too much in media. It does. It does. It happens a lot. I don't mind that trope when it's truly unintentional. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) 
Oops. Uh, sorry, I'll kid. Uh, what? Nothing. I'm kidding. What uh, did you do? Nothing. I'm so confused. Yeah, be confused. Okay. okay. I'm good at that. So we, <laughs> up, <laughs> so we end up in uh, the hotel room and Smelly Gabe is, is on the TV being like, yeah, uh, my, my wife is gone and uh, Percy stole my car. Uh, I like how you gave Smelly Gabe a slightly southern accent there when he's from New York. Yeah. <laughs> He's smelly Gabe. He don't deserve New York accent anymore. <laughs> He's lost his New York status. Uh, so um, he could have a Donald Trump. But he's the only good casting of the film. I know. Great actor. <laughs> Hate the character. Uh, so here we are. We're in the hotel. And like Percy's like, ah, fuck him. And turns uh, off fudge him and turns off the TV. Uh, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere. Well, uh, I mean, like they're having a conversation. And then Grover goes into the toilet. And they've yeah. left Medusa's head in the toilet. To their credit, they put sunglasses on Medusa's eyes so that she can't, like, you know, turn them into stone if they look at it. Yeah, because that's how that works. Apparently, that's how that works now, which I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. But fine. Whatever. We move. And Grover then goes, guys, can we not put the head in the, like, sink and just is holding the head and then the maid walks by and she sees the head, she screams, and then they all go, well, maybe we should get out of here. Yeah. The whole reason we have gone to the hotel, by the way, or I'm sorry, this is not a hotel, the motel, yeah. by the way. The whole reason we have gone to the motel was for them to sleep and then drive in the morning because the next location is Vegas. And it's a long drive from Tennessee to Vegas. So before we hit the road, we uh, yeah, because they tried to drive and they almost got into an accident. That's why they end up going to the hotel. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So uh, we go to a diner. Now this scene really excites me, and it makes me really, 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 really mad. We go to a diner in the film. There's a diner scene. Oh, see, this scene makes me so mad that like I just completely forgot the scene existed. So we're in the diner. <laughs> And and then they're like, oh, yeah, our next place is Las Vegas. And then we go to Vegas. Uh, that's all the diner scene is in this scene, in this movie. So what happens in the book, Stephen? We meet the villain of the book, which is Ares, by the way, uh, not Hades. Okay, let's get that right. <laughs> Ares is the villain of the first book. Um. <laughs> Did you forget to put them in the movie? Uh, I'm telling you, dude. They barely read the first chapter, let alone the book. Yeah, so they just didn't put the bad guy in the movie. I'm like, guys, you forgot to meet Ares. How do you forget to meet Ares? And then Ares sends them on a whole quest, and that's when you kind of get the inkling that Percy and Annabeth might kind of be into each other, but they're also 12 and awkward, so they don't know what they what these new feelings are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so before we go to Vegas and allow myself to get even more mad, uh, we're just going to take a little snack break. Yeah! All right. See you after our snack break. We're heading to Vegas. Yeah. And... Which I've driven to Vegas before. I love Las Vegas. I've been to Vegas four times. One time was with my family. And the other three were with my school. See, I've been a lot with my family because like my uncle lives there. Um, you also 
like your family lives significantly closer to Vegas than mine does. That's a four hour drive. It's nothing. Yeah, for me it's like a four hour flight, dude. Yeah. Not not four. I think it's like two and a half from Seattle. Yeah, you fly down to LAX, we'll drive out there one day. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we, we end up in Vegas and and you know, we drive there ourselves because Aries can't drive us. Stupid film out of Also, we completely forgot, but like they also save some beautiful animals in the book. It's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. They they save some gorgeous, gorgeous beasts, like a zebra and I think a lion. A lion, yeah. And I th- there are some other ones. I'm I'm forgetting what they I are. Think it was an albino lion too. Yeah, possibly. It was rare. Uh like one of the Sigmund and Freud or uh who who did the uh tiger the tiger show? No, it was a lion show in Vegas, and then they, like, you know, got attacked by the lion, and people were like, ah, see, they were always bad. Don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. How do you not know what I'm talking about? There's literally, like, a picture of them in front of, uh, I think it's the Bellagio, not the Bellagio, it's the, uh, the, 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 the other B one. Not the Bellagio, but there's another casino. Listeners, if any of you know what I am talking about, comment it so that Steven can see what in the world I'm talking about. Cool. So we <laughs> end up going to the Lotus Casino, which, you know, doesn't exist. Uh, Although, but... I will say, cool design. Not bad. Um, it's also really interesting because, you know, in the book, the Lotus Casino, you know, they, they went there because they just needed a place to stay for the night and sleep, not because the pearl's there. Yeah. Uh, so, also because the Lotus Casino just looks so freaking awesome. Well, also, like, they just got, in the book, they're just offered free room. S- same in the film, kind of, yeah. Kind of. They're, they're offered, like, free rooms and stuff, and they keep trying to say, like, no, we're not staying, we're not staying, we're not staying. In the book, they're like, no, like, we're here to, like, crash and then leave. Yeah. So, interesting enough, the top, you know, the summer solstice deadline is coming up. Hasn't really been explained in the book, in the movie. It's really explained in the book that the summer solstice is the timeline where Percy needs to get the bolt to Zeus. Now, we, what we haven't mentioned is Percy's going to the underworld because he thinks Hades has the bolt. Yeah, Hades don't have the bolt. But, like, in the movie, his motivation is just to go save his mom and think that he can just talk Hades into it without going with the bolt. In the book, he thinks Hades has the bolt, so he's going to go steal the bolt back to bring it to Zeus. It's a lot. In the film, does he even know about the bolt? No. Okay. Other than, like, Hades going, bring me the bolt. He doesn't know where it is. So he's just trying to go to Hades to be like, look, dude, I don't have the boat, but can you give me my mom back? Literally. That's the film. <laughs> Which is not like, ah, just such a terrible edit. Um, so we're in Lotus Casino. Thanks, and Craig. Yeah, thanks, Craig Titley. You're you're the best, man. Uh, just go out, go away. I'm pretty sure you have, so it's fine. Hey, uh, Craig, if you are still out there, because I legitimately don't know, I don't love your previous work but if you have new work and you want to hire me hello i like your live action scooby-doo i will say it's that's up there on some of my favorite films as, if a, I just, as a kid i liked your live action even as an adult they're just a fun silly time so uh 
We're in the Lotus Casino. I will say Lotus Casino, pretty book accurate for the most pretty part. Pretty book accurate. Other than the fact that the Lotus Casino can keep people there by just being so freaking awesome. In the movie, they decided to add these lotus flowers that they're going to eat to get high and everything. Which is fine. It kind of feels like they're like, hey, we're going to drug these kids in the movie, which yeah. is weird. Because in the book, they're just, you know, the lotus casino, the aura of the lotus casino is what keeps people there, what keeps people yeah. trapped there. But Because Vegas, baby. Yay! Um, and, what, you know, the but, lotus casino comes from the lotus beds, which yeah. in Greek mythology could pe- keep people sleeping there for hundreds of years. Exactly. So in the book, Percy meets someone, and <laughs> Percy, like, they're having a good time, and they're slowly kind of forgetting, like, what's going on? Like, why are we here? But then Percy kind of, like, remembers of, like, oh, like, no, like... You know, I need to do this. Like, I was here for a specific reason. Like, what's the reason kind of deal? And he kind of pieces it together. He finds someone, and he doesn't do this in the book, in the movie, but we'll get to it. But in the book, he finds someone who tells them that, like, they've been there, and they use some term of phrase, which Percy doesn't recognize, and the guy's like, oh, well, it's like 1958 or something. I think it's 1940s, he says. Yeah. Possibly. I don't remember what the year is. But, like, some year that obviously isn't the year that Percy thinks that it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so, like, the Lotus Casino actually becomes a really important plot point in another book because, you know, there's reasons it exists. Uh-huh. Uh, which we won't get to right now, but there are reasons. <laughs> Spoilers! Um, but uh, Percy, on his own gumption, is able to beat the Lotus Casino and save his friends and get everybody out. In the film, he has to be told by the ever-knowing Poseidon in his head. Don't that, eat the flower. Yeah. So, uh, Which, to his credit, after he heard don't eat the flower, he then figures it out. He saves his friends. He catches up with his friends. He gets them to stop eating the flowers. They all kind of realize, like, oh, like, no, this is why we're here. Yeah. They find the pearl, which I don't even remember where the pearl is in this one. It was in a roulette wheel. It was in a roulette wheel, which is actually, like, a fun, cool place to, like, hide it. Like, yeah. I, I approve of that hiding spot. But they're, like, tr- like the, the casino people try to, like, stop them and, like, take them out or, like, try to keep them in, you know. And Grover's been walking around, like, w- with his goat legs out because, you know. No, no one cares. No one cares. Uh, and then they steal the car that's on the floor, uh, which movie only. Uh, so they, again, GTA, um, and they just drive it through the casino. So that's something that I've always been curious about. The cars that are on a floor model, you mean? Like a floor model in a like a, in an interior building? Yeah, like in a mall, in a casino. Yeah. Like, because then I'll look at the doors. Mm. And I'll be like, okay, how did you get them in? Oh, they open. Like, you know, they they remove the middle piece and then they get the car in and they turn it off. Right. But even the car's width sometimes. Like, you're telling me that, like, a massive Hummer is able to fit through a door? Yeah. I I don't know. There's also these things called elephant doors. Okay. There are loading bays. Like, those do exist. Don't get me wrong. But, like... I don't know. I I feel like I feel like it's some type of weird magic. I just hate the movie trope where like every time people steal a floor model, they just like open the thing and the keys drop. Oh yeah, like the keys are just like kept inside the floor model so anybody can turn it on. Yeah. Um. What's the What's the concept there, guys? Yeah, because that's a film thing only. Uh. So yeah. So they steal the floor model and they book it to to Hollywood. Now they got the three pearls. They now can go. 
to DOA. To DOA Records. Well, we're not going to DOA Records. No, we're going to the Hollywood side because apparently that's cool. So we get to the Hollywood side. Yay. I like the fact they're a record company. I think it's quite funny it's a record company because it, you know, talks about like the. But it's like. Trust me, dude. I'm a musician. I got you. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, but. <laughs> But it being the Hollywood side, I'm like, okay, I guess making kind of a similar joke, like all of Hollywood is of the underworld. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, it is a cesspool. Uh, so um, <laughs> that's where you're from. They end up going. No, nah, I'm from. I'm from North North. I'm from Lancaster. That's not Hollywood. I'm sorry. How far away do you live from Hollywood? An hour. Great for anyone who uh, isn't from that area. Close enough. Okay, so <laughs> they end up going to the H to get into the underworld. Uh. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. H, hell, underworld. I mean, the way they directed it. But it's it. not hell. No, the it's way, the underworld. No, I know, but the way they directed it, the H makes sense. Okay, fine. Okay. So uh, I'm just saying, from their perspective, the H makes sense. Great. We get it. Uh, so they end up going through the H, uh, going down, and they meet uh, Charon. Charon. Who is the uh, boat manager to travel across the River Styx. And in Hades, the video game, an absolute delight of a human being. Also, like, in the book, he's, like, in, a, like, this suit, and he's really funny, and, like, really... But in the in the movie, he's, like... He's the most deadpan, directly straight character there is. Also, I will say, he's probably the funny... He's still funny in the... In the they cut his comedy out, but, like... I laughed a bit at this guy. I mean, it's still deadpan comedy, and we yeah. all appreciate deadpan comedy. Yeah, so then they – he, there's no argument. He just takes them across the river sticks. Like, I'm like, uh – Yeah, in the book, there's a back and forth, and he's like, well, you're not dead. I can't take you. And then they have to offer him gold drachmas, which is the currency in case anyone's still confused on that. But they give him gold drachmas, and then he agrees to take them across, and cool. In the book, we then meet Cerberus. Yeah, so which we don't meet in the film. Which is a crime. I wanted to see a cute three-headed dog rip, try to rip them apart. I mean, watch the first Harry Potter film. Yeah, but Fluffy isn't cute and has very little screen time. I think Fluffy could be cute. Fluffy's... Okay, Fluffy can be cute. Yeah. But Fluffy isn't portrayed as cute. Like, in the book... They literally become friends with Cerberus and play fetch with them. That's true. And the three heads argue over the rubber ball. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> like, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see them play fetch with the dog. Can we talk about the River Styx, though, before we go beat Cerberus? Oh, sure. So, like, the River Styx in the film is not a river. It's like you're floating on air and it's Like, it's there's weird. a bunch of, like, items they're going through, like, worldly possessions and which is fine the river sticks might actually have like you know junk and stuff it's polluted as well fine my, my only issue is without it actually being a river it destroys a later part of the novels and greek mythology because people have literally dunked themselves in the river sticks achilles the hero from greek mythology is dumped in the river sticks and be and is held on by his ankle which is why we call it an Achilles tendon, because that is what his weak point was, and that's how he was killed, was he was shot with an arrow through his Achilles tendon, and he died. Because the rest of his body was coated in the River Styx, and he was immortal. Yeah. Because that makes... Yeah. 
so it needs to be an actual river. Okay, I digress. So we don't need service, and I would imagine we'd see, you know, in the book, we get to see all the parts of the underworld in We mythology. do see, for anyone that's just listening and didn't, isn't watching the video, uh, see was in giant quotations, but we do see the fields of Asphodel. I don't think we do. No, 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 because as they're as they're going, we just hear the screams, and then Charon just says, like, an offhanded comment of, like, oh, the fields of Asphodel, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. So we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't see, like... We don't actually see it. We just, like, we get a reference to it. We don't see the other two places, which is, like, the... Elysium? Elysium, which is, like, heaven, or uh, what's the middle one? It's, like, for, it's basically purgatory. You have the fields? Yeah. You have Elysium, and then you have. There is a third, and I'm blanking on what it Let's is. See. One is basically heaven. One's basically hell. And one's basically purgatory. Look, if anyone knows what it's called, leave us a comment. Sorry shoot us a about message. that. We've we, we've we've been trying to film this episode for five weeks, so the book is in and out. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, we we read this book when we planned on filming, and then <laughs> things happen. Um, so life. We're we're glad we're able to give you this episode now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we get to actually really explore the underworld, which I think is really cool—a Greek version of the underworld. Um, in the in the movie, they've turned the underworld into hell. They've turned it into straight-up Christianity hell, which, again, correctly, that's not the point. Um, so, also, uh, in the in the book, uh, Percy almost gets dragged down to Tartarus because Grover is wearing Luke's shoes. The shoes that Luke had given Percy... Are cursed. Are are given to Grover, are cursed, and they start dragging him down to a hole. Now, Percy and Annabeth are able to save Grover. It's fine. Um, But the shoes go down that hole. That hole, we later learn, is Tartarus. More on that if you read the books. And potentially in the next episode, because I don't actually know what happens in the second film i'm scared based on steven's silent laugh it's terrible okay um so anyway so uh, none of that happens we pretty much just meet we go and we meet persephone and hellhounds and persephone now it's the summer on kit oh i know you want to explain why this scene is Donkey voodoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this scene pops up, and I immediately just go, it's the summer. Why is Persephone here? Because Keep in mind, we, we haven't paused the film the whole time watching the film. It wasn't until this point where I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to pause the film. I literally paused the film to let Aki get mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he understood that I was going to be upset by this, and he, to Steven's credit, he did, he did anticipate my annoyance. So... But it doesn't work because here's the thing. Greek mythology, right? Persephone eats a pomegranate from the underworld and that's why, you know, she becomes Hades' wife and, like, is in the underworld. But anyway, the whole thing. Persephone spends six months of the year in the underworld and six months of the year in the overworld. Now, the way it works 
is that when it's the summer, the spring, the summer, and it's harvest season and sunny and nice out, Persephone's in the overworld. With and her mother. With her mother, Demeter. Now, in and then in the winter, she's in the underworld with Hades, who, you know, she does love. She is still his wife. They just, like, you know, got married in a unethical way because Hades was like mine and stole someone and don't do that that's not okay but <laughs> pretty much like she's not supposed to be there is my main point like she she's not supposed to be at Hades's palace and even in the book Percy has a thought when he's like oh I kind of wish this was the summer so that Persephone or Oh, yeah, I kind of wish this was the winter so that Persephone might have been here to help quell Hades, uh, you know, Hadesness. Yeah. So uh, I've been reading it. There's this little cute comic book that I keep finding on Facebook or sometimes on YouTube. It's really cute. It's like uh, if Hades and uh, Persephone were chibi characters. Okay. And it's like really cute. It's you like got to send this to love. me. I have to find it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like their chibi love, and it's like, aww. Next time next time it pops up, send it to me. You anyway, what happens next? So uh, we meet Hades, uh, and, you know, is it Russell Brand? No, I don't actually. It's not Russell Brand. I don't remember who plays Hades. But anyway, wait, wait, Hades so, is. So we meet Hades, and. He's suave. He's not. <laughs> By the way, Persephone is played by Rosario Dawson. Which? And Steve Coogan plays Hades. Cool. So, uh, Hades is like, you know, he walks in, he, he looks like uh, a rocker. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my issue with this is, I love the way he's described in the book because he's like he's like Percy's like this is the first god I've met that looks really godly and scary. Yeah, because he's met Dionysus. Dionysus is wearing a Hawaiian T-shirt also, and shorts. Well, we haven't met Dionysus in the film. This is the first god we actually see. Right, right. In the film, yes, I mean in the book. Yeah, but in the film, this is the first god Percy sees, and in the in the I mean in the film we've seen Poseidon and Zeus before. Yeah, yeah. but this is like first god we see. Why? Uh, and then like you know. Basically, Hades is like, he, Percy's like, I don't have the bolt. Give me my mom. And Hades is like, why would I do that? I'm Hades, 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 Hades. Hades never brings up that his helm of darkness was stolen, which is the whole reason that he was going after Percy because he thought that Percy stole his helm of darkness. Exactly. In because him being a child of the big three, everyone assumed Poseidon was trying to start a war. With his brothers. Yeah. And then, so pretty much in... The book, what happens is that Ares gives them a backpack when they meet Ares. And then the Helm of Darkness and the Lightning Bolt both show up in the backpack. And that's when we learn, oh, Ares is the bad guy. This is not what happens in the book. In the book, pretty much what happens, or not in the book, in the movie, what happens is that it shows up in Luke's shield and only the lightning bolt, the Helm of Darkness, is never brought up. Doesn't exist. In Doesn't the- exist in this world. But the lightning bolt shows up in Luke's shield, and being like, "Oh, like, oh, Luke stole the bolt, and it was Luke all along." 
and fine whatever luke also doesn't have the magical powers to make sure that the bolt doesn't reveal itself until you're in the underworld but we don't need to get into that and pretty much hades notices this thinks that he has all the power and then persephone betrays him yeah so so hades is holding the lightning bolt like he's gonna vaporize percy annabeth grover Oh, and his mom, because he released his mom. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, like, Persephone's, like, knocks him out uh, and then, you know, stops everything. Um, and, yeah. Also, I'm going to talk about the Master Bolt really quick. All right. This is Zeus's Master Bolt. No one would touch it in the book. No one would even take it out of its case in the book. This... Master Bolt is compared to five nuclear bombs in in the book. And it is used in the movie to blow off chunks of a building. Yep. Okay, let's continue. So uh, Persephone betrays Hades and then uh, she comes up to them and she's like, you have my pearls? And they're all like, yeah, because we were told to because the plot, because it's a MacGuffin. Haha. <laughs> Wait. Uh, oh, you only have three. Only three of you can leave. So Grover stays, which is not accurate to the book at all. In the book, they leave behind mom and go because they understand we need to deliver this bolt or there's going to be an all-out war war between the gods. Yeah. So they pop the bubbles and mom, Annabeth, and Percy leave. And Grover in the film is now going to stay and have lovely relations with uh rosario dawson which um i guess not a bad trade moving on um so, <laughs> so they use the they use the pearls and they end up in new york you know they can't end up in la where they were no yeah. they end up in in the book what happens is that they use the pearls they go straight up and not the per- well yeah because they get the pearls well they get yeah, the pearls yeah, yeah, yeah. uh later but they use the pearls they go straight up through uh just the floor and they end up in the middle of the ocean, which is fun. And yeah. they're rescued by the Coast Guard. And then Ares shows up. They have an all-out, like, fight. And I guess to the viewers and the standbyers, <laughs> it looks like two people having a gunfight. Well, these guys are actually having a sword fight. So, like, one of them has a shotgun and one of them has, like, a machine gun or something in the book. Like, it's funny. And I can't wait to see this in the show. I really, really hope that in the show... They show us what mortals see as well. Oh, that'd be really cool. Like, what what are the mortals seeing when this is what's going on? Yeah, so Rick Rick is really, really, really good at writing action scenes. Oh, yeah. All I you have to do is pick up, paste, there you go. And it felt like Craig Titley went, oh, no, I want to be clever. I want to write my own action scenes. So uh, we get to New York. Uh, yeah, so we're in New York, and they're like, oh, we have to take the bolt up to the Empire State Building because uh, to uh, Battle of which is on top of the Empire State Building. By the way, first time it's mentioned uh, in the whole film. Yeah. Uh, we know this in the book already. So they take the elevator up to the top of the Empire State Building because, you know, you can't just take the elevator all the way up. You have to take stop at the roof for some reason and then use magic to go to the next section. Yes, because this makes sense. In the book, you just have to get, like, a special pass. And then, like, you can just hit the 600th floor and go. So they go all the way up, and, uh, you know, they his mom, by the way, is in the elevator. Uh, and then... She's Luke, not supposed to be able to go up to Olympus 
Yeah, at all. At so all. Luke, Luke is there, uh, and Luke's like, oh, I'm the lightning thief. And, 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 and you know, at that point, Anka and I were just like, oh, just go away. Um, and then they proceed to have a fight. Yeah, because a battle with a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old is way more cool than a battle between a 12-year-old and a god. Yes. No. So, yes. Percy is flying. I'm sorry. Craig Titley and Christopher Columbus thought it was a good idea. Of course it's a good idea, Stephen. What are you talking about? So, now we have a flying Percy <laughs> Jackson and a flying... Uh, uh, Which, how is Luke flying? I forget. Luke he... Has, has wingy oh, he also shoes. has wingy shoes. Yeah, because he's Hermie's son, you know. So <laughs> they start they start fighting and everything, and, like, you know, uh, Luke really doesn't have a reason. He doesn't say, like, why he's doing anything. He doesn't go, oh, I'm doing this to, like, bring war about, or, like, he's like... Yeah, in the book, Luke Luke's betrayal doesn't come until the last chapter of the book. We won't say what Luke's betrayal is and how he does it in the book in case anyone wants to read. But like, honestly, at this point, like uh, this whole show is spoilers. So if you haven't read it, like I'm really sorry, but like Luke does betray, but like his betrayal is done in a much more tasteful way. I will also say this. If you're going to have a character betray us as an audience, not just in the book, but in a film, in the film specifically, we should care about that character. I don't care we about be, Luke. We should be friends with that character. Percy and Luke aren't really friends in the book, in the film. And they are in the book, sorry. In the film, they're not really friends. Annabeth and Luke aren't really friends in the film either. And Annabeth and Luke are really are like close. like siblings. Annabeth has a huge crush on Luke. Yeah, because they were saved together by Grover back in the day. Uh, so just... There are no stakes. There are no stakes to this fight. It yeah. just kind of feels like he's blowing up. It's a fine fight, yes. I guess. Like, you're flying around New York, and somehow there's zero traffic anywhere. I don't know. There are no noises. No one's, like, you know, out on their roof getting destroyed by, you know, these random bolts of yeah. lightning that are flying around. Whatever. The fight happens. Percy ends up beating up Luke. Because and he uses a water tower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least his water powers came back. Someone call Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're in New York. I have to Actually, say. Actually, though, where is Spider-Man? Why is Spider-Man not called onto the scene? Right? What the hell? Come on, Spider-Man. Spidey. Uh, Spidey. Be better. Come on. <laughs> Iron Man 2? Because, you know, Avengers Towers in New York. No, no, no. We'll give them credit. Uh, it, you know, it, it hasn't gotten to that point It hasn't got yet. to 2012 yet. It hasn't gotten to 2012 yet. So, actually... Spider-Man. It depends, I guess, on which universe of the multiverse we're in. I think it was would have been still Tobey Maguire, no? Yeah, I, I mean, like, here's the thing. With Spider-Man, you still have a Spider-Man in every universe. Fair. So, whereas you don't necessarily have an Iron Man and you don't necessarily have a Captain America and all of that, as we've learned from the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, that you don't necessarily have the Avengers in every universe, but you have a Spider-Man in every universe, which is continuity based on both the MCU as well as the Spider-Man animated ones that are coming out, which are absolutely incredible uh, across the Spider-Verse. So Spidey be better. Yeah. Uh, where are you? Spider-Man. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Percy's like, yeah, I defeated Luke. And you know, Luke's just like passed out because of water. Doesn't even get like hurt. Or that sounds about right. So we head to Olympus. Uh, and his mom 
Annabeth and Percy all take the elevator up. Now, his mom, the barrier to Olympus, you think, would be the elevator. No, no, no. The barrier is... At the top. At the top, so you could see Olympus. You just can't walk into it. And I'm like... And I, I looked at Hunk it, and I was just like, so a mortal could get into that. Just a random mortal on accident, walk in and go, oh, where am I? <laughs> um, but, like, can't walk into it, but can literally get to the top and see Olympus. <sighs> That's just, when you pull out your phone, and you're like, click. Hey, guys, I found this weird thing. Yeah. So, uh... Annabeth and Gro Annabeth and Percy both go to like go to the throne room to return the lightning bolt. Um in the book, uh Percy goes alone. Yeah. He sends Annabeth and Grover back to camp. He says he'll meet them there. Uh and Percy goes alone up to he finishes the quest alone. Uh and I think it, it just shows, you know, Percy has become so individualistic. He's he's stronger. He's smarter. He's just he's becoming his own at the end of the book. You really and it get... wasn't like he sent Annabeth and Grover to camp just for no reason. No. Like no, you don't deserve to be here. Like no, he sent them for a very specific reason. Exactly. Well. So uh, Annabeth and um, Percy walk into the the room, uh, and all around the room is all the twelve gods in a meeting, the summer solstice meeting, and. In the book, we only have two gods, Zeus and Poseidon. But because we need we need Annabeth to see Athena, all the gods have to be there. Uh, now, all the gods are in, like, you know, the traditional Grecian outfits. Yeah, yeah, You know, because we can't tell that the big guys walking on Olympus are gods unless they wear those. Nah. In the book, they're wearing, like... Well, also, it's, like, their meeting, so it makes sense that, like, yo, one, like, once or twice a year, you gotta look proper. Yeah, but they weren't even wearing that in the book. You know that. I'm just saying. Okay. My new nitpick. Uh, it's an option. So uh, Percy, you know, returns the bolt to Zeus. And and then um, here comes another nitpicky point from me. Okay. So Annabeth sees Athena and is like, hi, mom. And like, you know, cool. She And, and Athena's like, oh, it's my daughter, Annabeth. I'm so happy to see her. Um in the film, they've mentioned they mentioned this once that in the in the scene where like Percy and Annabeth were like making lovey eyes at each other and like back Perse- at the motel, back at the motel, uh, they mentioned this that like Zeus passed a law where the gods weren't allowed to contact their children, which is not in the book at all. Nah, uh, the gods in the book just don't. They're just negligent. They're just negligent. <laughs> like there's nothing stopping the. God parents from contacting their children. They now, just don't. If it's a quest, yes, there is laws against that. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. instance, Poseidon can't help Percy on his quest because you're not allowed to help your own. You're child. not allowed to help heroes on their quest. Yeah. Well, Which, like, if okay. they're your hero. No, no, no. Technically, I think in, in a later book, one of the gods says that, like, I know I'm not supposed to help yeah. you. But, like, you know, no one's going to know. The thing is, is that, like, all the gods help. Other than Zeus, all the gods kind of help on these quests. Just no one really says anything, and everyone just kind of keeps quiet about it. Because they're like, all right, we're not, like, giving them the answer. We just nudge them in the right direction. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, basically, the only child who's really never been contacted by their godly parent is is percy like because poseidon really can't like that's the that's the big three problem like the big three yeah like 
Percy shouldn't exist because of the big three agreement, just like Talia, which we won't because apparently Talia wasn't mentioned in the film, but she's in the book. Zeus's daughter. She turns into a tree. It's fine. Read uh, the book. You'll figure out who she is. Not mentioned in the film. Also broke the big three agreement. Um, Charlie D'Angelo also broke the big three agreement. Who's Charlie? Not Charlie. Uh, sorry, the D'Angelo uh, sister. Uh, who in the world is Charlie? You call yourself a fan? Sorry, I was getting... And you just named my precious boy Charlie? Sorry, I was getting Charles Beckendorf and D'Angelo mixed up in my head. Disgraceful. I know. Good. Okay. <laughs> Continue. The, the Angelo brother and sister also <laughs> break the agreement. Technically so, not, but uh, read the books to figure out what we mean. Yeah. But um, <laughs> ba- basically, there's just a lot of issues there, you know. Um, and so Zeus gets the bolt back. Yay, no war. Uh, that's also kind of true in the book. Um, Percy actually really stands up to Zeus and it makes like Poseidon laugh. And like, it's like, cause Percy's like really like not give it into Zeus. Yeah. Percy don't, Percy don't take it. Uh, you know, he, he's, no. he's like, Oi, you made me go through this. I didn't do anything. So you're going to hear about my complaints. So he tells Zeus, he's like, like, he's like, Zeus, can I ask for a favor? And he's like, yeah, can you save for over? And it's like, <laughs> that's the film version in the book. He doesn't even ask like for anything. Because he knows he can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so in, then, the, in the book, though, he does do a funny thing where he refer, he greets his dad first, and Zeus gets all pissy. And he's like, how dare you not respect me? And Poseidon's just like, dude, he's my kid. It kind of makes sense that he would say hi to his dad, who he's never met before, and then address you. Like, just calm yourself, bro. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> And then, you know, Poseidon turns into normal Percy size and they have a conversation where like, you know, they're like, hi. Yeah. Cool. You're my dad. Nice. Nice to meet you. And like, they have, that's it. They kind of have like a father son moment, which I'm like, not earned. Really not like Poseidon and Percy are not supposed to like be on a good level ever. They're kind of like, they're awkward. At least in the first book, they don't really kind of get into a decently like understanding level. I would say until even like book three, book four. Yeah. Is like where Percy like has understood like, okay, this is the relationship. It's not that dad doesn't care about me, but like, this is just because of certain rules, because of certain ways, like this is how it's going to work. But like, it takes him two, three years to understand like, okay, this is my relationship with dad. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just that this is how it's going to work. Again, Percy is 12 years old. Yeah. Like, he's not going to understand. And in the film, they've taken a 12-year-old script and put him in a 16-year-old body. Again, that's the biggest problem. Um. Anyway, so uh, let's finish up the film because we're almost there. We've saved the day. Yay. Grover is saved. Percy's going to now train in the train uh train in the very cramped camp yeah and annabeth and percy are an item uh which doesn't happen at the end of the first book so at the end of the first book um percy goes back to camp uh and luke's betrayal uh, happens luke's betrayal happens we won't get into details because we want you to read the book and this is a really good chapter yeah uh, and then annabeth and percy both have a decision to make whether to stay at camp or leave camp percy wants to go home and um just live with his mom and he's really excited about it and um also at the same time uh he's been convincing annabeth she should try to do the same annabeth should try her family again which is really sweet i think at the end of the day um so percy 
goes home. Uh, and we also learn why his mom married Smelly Gabe is because Gabe's smell protected Percy from monsters for many years. Many years. Uh, Gabe, in both the book and the film, gets his comeuppance. Uh, the Medusa head comes back uh, in the uh, well in the in the film. It's an extra. It's an any credit scene, but in the book, it's uh, Percy gets a letter because a box when he gets home, and it's the same box that he delivered Medusa's head into. Yeah. so he the gods gives it to his mom and says, "Do what you want, mom." He and does explain to his mom what it is yeah. so that she doesn't accidentally, like, you know, turn exactly. herself to stone. And uh, his mom uses it to then, you know, sell a statue of men playing poker. One man playing poker. Men playing poker. Yeah. So uh, And uses that money to fund her going to school. Yeah. And Percy being able to move back home. Yeah. Really yeah. exciting stuff. Uh, also, because... I know some people might be like, oh, but didn't she just commit murder? Uh, Gabe is an abusive a-hole. So, like, we're okay with it. Yeah. So, uh, And Sally Jackson, at least in the book, is the purest human being ever, and no one should ever touch Sally. So, in the film, it's an extra credit scene. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's Gabe Lugliano, spell a Gabe, uh, played by one of the best actors in the film, <laughs> goes... Uh, Sally, I want another beer. And no one answers. So he opens the fridge door and there's... Which has, like, a note saying, like, don't open under any circumstances. And Gabe has, like, the soft-handed comment, it's my house, I'll do what I want. He opens it and gets turned to stone. First of all, it was locked. He broke the lock to open it. So we watch him break the lock. He opens it, gets turned to stone. And then every person, including the morgue, including all the people who come to check on, will turn the stone from then on in that apartment. Hey. We're going to have a great time at school with Sally Jackson. And that's just the film version? That's the film version. Problems with the film version. Uh, yeah. So that's the whole thing. That's our adaptation comparison. So yeah. now we come to my favorite segment. We're going to grade it. Woo. All right, Stephen. Let's start with the book. What do you grade the book? Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief is a fun journey. Kept me invested the whole time through. Um Especially when I was younger and I read it, even as an adult and reading it, I think it's very good. I would have to give it a nine out of ten. Okay. Are we graded on a ten scale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. on a ten scale. So ten being the best, one being not the worst. Like a not like a hundred percent an A because I always think there's room for improvement. I think a good A minus because it sets up the world really well. It's really fun. Um, I think like yeah, it's just it just it just takes you on a really great journey. So yeah. A minus. I would say probably just because I know so much more about this series than you do in the sense of not just Percy Jackson, but everything that comes after it. Yeah. I would give it probably an eight and a half. Okay. Again, incredibly, incredibly good, fantastic book, great setup to the series, but it's also Rick's first book. I right? Will- and that's the thing. Like... It's just his writing gets so much better as the series yeah. goes along. And that's the only thing that's holding this back. Like if I think like if he wrote the book now, knowing the knowledge what he has, it would be a nine and a half, ten out of ten. But the only reason that I say that is like just because I know how I would rate some later books in this series as well. Mm-hmm. I would say it 
eight and a half ish. So it's still incredibly, incredibly good. Like I said, it's my favorite book series of all time. Yeah, and I would say this: we also could, you know, in we'll we'll do a bonus content one day where we'll we'll rate, we'll put all of the all of the books into order. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. the films, it'll be really fun. Uh, we'll do a tier list, if you will. We'll do a tier list, um, and I will I will toss in the tier list of like all the sequels that I've read and everything as well, which Stephen's gonna be confused about because he hasn't read any of them. Yay! Uh, so cool. Let's talk about what would you grade the film as a film, not as an adaptation. So let's say you did a as a film, five out of ten. I respect that. I would I would give it a five out of ten as well. I as think- a film, not looking at it from an adaptation, I would say five out of ten. And here's my reasoning for five out of ten. Yeah. My reasoning is that it was still enjoyable. It was still fine. Is it a movie that I would go back and put on again if I like didn't read the book or anything? Probably not. Mm. Because the thing that made it lacking was just there was no depth to the characters. There was no stakes. Like it, it just felt like we were going through the motions, but nothing was really happening. Yeah. Which is why I would give it a five. I'm gonna give it a six. I think Brandon T. Jackson is is really fun as Grover. I know he's like not correct. Oh, I'm not sense. gonna lie. Brendan T. Jackson, Smelly Gabe, Uma Thurman, and yeah. like even Logan Letterman and Alexander Daddario are the only reason that it's a five for me. I'm I'm giving it a six. I think it's a really good film. It gets people invested in the series. It, I think to, it's still a good a good trajectory into people watching the series or reading the books, and I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. I also think you know obviously. They pulled the whole uh, Grover gets his horns at the end of the film. I forgot to mention, uh, which fine. is not in the book. But I just really enjoy Brandon T. Jackson. I think he's really good in the film as well as uh, the guy who plays Gabe. Um, and I think it's a really good star-studded cast. I think it just has Christopher Columbus at the helm. Doesn't it has good, other issues? Doesn't make a good mark. And Craig Titley's not a good scriptwriter. Cool. Um, I mean, we've. Obviously talked about the adaptation grade, obviously. Grade the adaptation. Exactly. Now, we don't really need to give much of an explanation for our adaptation grading because I feel like that's what these two episodes are. What's your adaptation grading? I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. Oh, that's generous. I feel like it is generous, but like for the things that they kept in there, for like the book-accurate dialogue, for the uh, for trying to maintain some of the story, 2 out of 10. I give it a 1.5. That's fair. Unk, <laughs> it's a lot harder for greater than I am. Look, when I really, really like the series, it's going to skew my perspective. Yeah. Listeners, by all means, like, let us know what your gradings are. Like, honestly, that is something that I'm really looking forward to with this show that I don't necessarily do on some of my other shows, but like I really want to hear from you all. Like, what would you grade it on all three? Like, if you've read the book, what would you grade the book? If you've only seen the film, what would you grade the film? And if you've done both, then what would you grade the adaptation? Obviously, like, you know, you can't give an educated guess if you haven't done one or the other for the adaptation one, but whatever you have read or consumed, Please let us know because we would love to hear your thoughts as well. We want this to be a community of people who just like books and movies and 
TV shows. Like we want to build a healthy community where we can talk about this in an open light and have open discussions about this stuff. So that's Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Uh, please join us next week for Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. Yay! Uh, I believe it's probably called Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the colon, the Sea of Monsters. It might be. If you are looking for where to watch it, it is on Disney+. Plus. I believe in most countries in the world, yeah. you can access it on Disney+. Plus. If you need to access it in some way that isn't Disney+, Plus, that is completely fine, completely understandable. Just, uh, you know, don't get caught. No piracy, kids. Um, <laughs> we're not One Piece here, uh, which we will do One Piece one day. I'm going to get on kit to do it. I don't I, understand. I want to do the One Piece live action adaptation. Uh, but I appreciate uh, – thank you, Akit, for joining me as my co-host. Oh, always. Uh, this has been a really fun uh, two, first two episodes. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you read the book. Uh, and follow us on all our social medias at Co-op Forge. Uh, follow our YouTube channel. Please subscribe or listen to us on Spotify. Uh, and we hope to see you next week. Yeah, be sure to tune in next week. It'll be a doozy. Uh, every time I bring up the film, Stephen just laughs silently. So I am very <laughs> scared to watch this film. Oh, but got to kill him inside. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> anyway, on that note, on me potentially dying uh, <laughs> in the, on the inside, we'll see you all next week. There's a reason they didn't do a third one. Bye, oh, y'all. No. Oh! <laughs>